Welcome to Hashtag Scripture, your sophisticatedly ratchet word delivery system. Call us Deliveroo because we are serving you the word, the word of God in just every way that you like it. Like everything that you like about food is how we deliver the word of God. Honestly, like that's what we're doing and it's really good and with extra sauce and it's still hot when we deliver it. Yes. And we bring plastic forks and knives and napkins and extra sauce. (laughs) on hashtag scripture we are discussing everyday topics informed by an everlasting god so as you prepare to dine with us come on tuck in just make sure you're in a comfortable position yeah make sure that you're not anywhere that if you burst out in fits of laughter and start rolling on the floor people will judge you (laughs) make sure that if you have any sharp objects near you put them away yeah we only provide spork because we know that things can get a bit dicey so before we start please 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 share this with the biggest whatsapp group on your phone make sure you just share the whole thing say like they're so funny like it's really good it's really edifying but at the same time like it's jokes it's lit it's lit. It's lit or whatever. It's lit. <laughs> um, yeah, so share, share, share. You can find us on SoundCloud and iTunes, Facebook and Instagram, hashtag scripture, and on Twitter at HT Scripture. Thank yes. You for, thank you for listening. Let's get going. The word on the street today is... Word up. Hold on. Before we even do that, Everybody cars now have internet on the dashboard. This will distract me from my texting. What did people do when they went to the bathroom before smartphones? What did what do you what did you do? How did you read. go to the toilet? You read real stuff, right? What I need is a search engine that no matter what I type in comes back with go back to work. Okay? Technology these days, cars, transportation, search engines, internet, artificial intelligence, all kinds of technology and Christian life versus can it mix, can it not? We are talking all things technology today. Technology, computer love. We're not talking about computer love. That's for another day. Okay. (laughs) Computer Okay. All things technology. Christians, how do you feel about technology? What is the word on the street? You come and tell me tell us what the word on the street is about technology because some of you be running the other way when it comes to technology some of you are all the way in it that you are now pioneers how do you manage questions that we're discussing today talking about technology does science disprove god question number one question number two does the bible warn against or disprove of technological advances so certain technological advances does it pre-warn and does it disprove and what does it disprove of question number three where does science cross the line from a faith perspective what has what's too far okay has science done things that go against god or is it all cool that's what we're talking about today. You really need to tell somebody to listen to this, like right this very second, okay? Whilst you are on your technologically advanced smart device. <laughs> okay. Okay. Currently, presently. <laughs> so, Auntie for me, does science disprove of God? Um, so it's literally impossible for science to disprove God because what science is, is the study 
of things mm-hmm. and God is outside of all things yes and created all things yeah so one thing that I will never understand is why what I do get is people say they don't believe in God that's mm-hmm. fine each to their own but what you cannot say is that you know there is no god Mm -hmm. because there's science Mm -hmm. because science does not prove anything about anything Mm -hmm. it just shows you what is happening Mm -hmm. it doesn't tell you why it happens it doesn't tell you how it happens it just tells you what is happening Mm -hmm. literally so um because god is outside of the universe and we've only figured out how to measure things that are in the universe Mm -hmm. it's therefore not possible to prove whether or not there is a god because spiritual things are not physical it is not possible to measure spiritual things so all of this kind of like you know the whole um ghost thing where you have what is that energy called emt or ecg or i it's not ecg that's hard monitoring i don't know but some kind of electromagnetic spectrum that they're like oh this is how we monitor ghosts it's fake because the spiritual is not physical Mm -hmm. so it cannot be measured Mm -hmm. through spiritual means um sorry through physical means so it's also really like there's this um there's this analogy um there's there's two there's either the car or the watchmaker depending on what era you're looking at it from but the um the watchmaker basically if you were to find a watch on the floor you would be a very foolish person to assume that that watch congealed by itself created itself was became ordered to the point where it functions on its own without anybody ticking it by itself and had nobody make it yeah that would make you a strange person Mm -hmm. if you were to believe that Mm -hmm. same thing with a car the existence of a car tells you that someone created it Mm -hmm. it tells you that that person who created it was very clever Mm -hmm. and that is all it tells you about the creator it doesn't tell you why the creator created it it doesn't tell you how the creator created it it just tells you that there was a creator who created it. Mm-hmm. You know, the fact that whether the, the car works or not, whether the car is fully functional or it's broken, has a flat tire, doesn't say anything about the creator, mm-hmm. except for the fact that there was a creator mm-hmm. in order for it to understand. So that's, I mean, that's personally how I logically think. Again, being a scientist, being someone who before I... <laughs> being someone who before I believed in Jesus... And have been a skeptic my whole life on Christianity and and Christ and everything. God is is not a hard thing to believe. Mm-hmm. You know, whether you like him or not, that's, that's up to thing. you, child. Yeah. That's your own prerogative. But whether you believe in him, I find it very strange. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Mm-hmm. That that some that people will say they know for a fact that there isn't a God. Because yeah. actually what you're saying is that you are God, so you know for a fact that there is not a God because you are him, yeah. which would make you him. So yeah. then there would be one. Yeah. It's literally, it's a false, it's a false um, logic to say that you, small human being of maybe even less than 80 years old, knows yeah. that there is a God who must have existed for billions of years before and after you. Mm. It doesn't really make sense. Mm. So I don't really like to, yeah, I don't know. I don't really, I can't, I can't, I can't wrap my head around it. I mean, the burden of proof can never ever be met for an atheist as well mm-hmm. because if if um even if there was miracles popping off left right left right and center every day they would say oh it's just technology it's a hologram oh it's alien technology something something they would never say it's god so like if you don't want to believe in god then you're just not going to want to believe in god it doesn't matter what proof i give you yeah if i was to snap my finger and cause the whole all everything in the room to become loaves of fishes and bread yeah then you still would be like oh it's magic it's this it's that you would never say it's god so i personally don't have time to try and convince somebody who is stubborn in believe knowing that there's no god Mm. that there is a god Mm. because your logic is just 
obviously I can't, mm. you know, you, you, what I can understand is someone who says, I don't know or don't believe that there is a God, yeah, yeah. but to say, you know, that there isn't one, something is wrong with you. Yeah. I just want to, I'm sorry. And so that you, you can you. prove but, like, that you there can isn't prove one. that there is no yeah. God. Cause that's the thing. One thing is that you can say it. that, okay, you can say, you can be arrogant and prideful, mm-hmm. um, and narciss- narcissistic enough to say, I know that there is no God. Mm-hmm. But then that's you being an idiot. And then to say, I can actually prove what I know. Mm-hmm. And here's me trying to prove, and here's me proving it is stupid. Because with your own logic, because with your, the logic that yeah. you're saying is an accident, yeah. a freak of nature. That just happened to come together by good collection just of, by sheer of, of coincidence. Yeah. You know, why can I trust, how can I trust your logic then? Yeah. You know, so it's just very silly. I just don't understand the whole, there there definitely is no God thing. It doesn't make sense. And I would rather respect someone who's saying, I don't know. Yeah. I have no opinion on it, whatever. Yeah. Um, also, I want to make it very clear that God is not a magician. He doesn't have to, he's not an entertainer. He doesn't have to come at your beck and call whenever you ask for a sign. He provides a sign. Bands will not make him dance. He doesn't have to do that. It's not here. You know, you know when, um, <laughs> you know in the Bible when, um, Jesus is like, oh, um, John the Baptist came fasting and you said he had a demon. Now I come eating and drinking. And you say, oh, look at this gluttonous man. <laughs> it's like the, it's like the children who were, um, in the public square and they were saying, oh, um, um, when we play the the flute, you don't you don't dance. Why are you not dancing? Like God is not here to dance yeah, for you. God yeah. is not here to come and do twerk challenge for you. Yeah, yeah? God yeah. is a whole God, sovereign yeah, God. Yeah. He doesn't have to. When you say God, show me a sign. He doesn't have to. Oh, okay. Let me just get everything in order. Yeah. No. And if he were, listen, people were around in the times of Jesus when he was healing people, casting out demons. He was um, multiplying bread and fish and turning water into wine. And those same people then came and said, "Free Barabbas, crucify Jesus." Yeah. They so saw. you want you want God to come and give you miracle every time you ask him but when people when he was giving people miracle with their own eyes they were still disbelieving him so i fail to see why you would think that god would just at your beck and call come and give miracles whenever if he did the whole world would be full of loaves of bread and the streets would be running with wine Mm -hmm. like you can't it can't be that do you know what i mean like he doesn't have to show you a sign the Mm -hmm. sign is that um the world exists in the first place Mm -hmm. in order not as a jumbled you know, complete chaotic mess. But in order from Genesis 1, where it says that he hovered across the chaotic mess that was the world Mm. and he made order to it because it wasn't in order at the time. Mm. Like you, that's the, and the Bible says that. So for you, those of you who are Christian and are thinking, oh my gosh, I can't believe that we've just called people idiots for not believing in God. The Bible literally says that those who don't believe in God are fools. The Bible says that. So don't come at me because the Bible says that. That's your Bible, Christian. So drop me out because it is foolish to not believe in God but I'm not calling you a fool the Bible is calling you a fool that's message message to the wise word to the wise message from God I'm just a messenger don't shoot the messenger do you know what I mean so I mean that's all I got to say Pharaoh saw 10 plagues and he still at the end chased the Israelites down the Red Sea like a fool what is it I don't get it it's true you can see it you can see a hundred thousand miracles and you still wouldn't believe it's true there's no there's nothing that will make some people believe it's true and if anything there is evidence to prove that God exists more so more so than exactly all these miracles all the Mm -hmm. things that we see day in and day out um, is evidence to prove of God's existence but thinking about it again and echoing what you have said for me is that you can't compare the creator 
with things created. Yeah. It's, it's impossible. It's impossible to create, to measure and to compare the creator with things created. And I'm going to take it from the Bible. Um, Isaiah chapter 40, which happens to be one of my favorite chapters in the whole entire Bible. I'm not going to read the whole chapter. I wish I could, but I'm not going to. Isaiah chapter 40, one verse 12 says, <clears throat> who has measured and this is what this is us putting some respect on God's name mm. we're thinking about God being the creator right who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breath of his hand marked off the heavens so basically God is beginning to say who gonna check me boo that's in essence what he's saying right tell me if you've done these things and then we can talk and then we can talk then we can it. talk like, like, they were on the same they were on the same you know what I mean it's like okay whoever is equal to Floyd Mayweather in like battling in like boxing like you have to be like you, you have to be on the same level playing field in order for you, in order for you to get into the room yeah. you know what I mean it's like remember those memes of Barack Obama and whoever it was was it John Biden that he defeated Joe Biden huh Joe Biden like yes when he and the means like um how you gonna talk when you can't get in like you know it's like you can't talk to me because you can't even make it into the white house first of all so we're not on the same level anyway you can't go, even get in this is it you know um so you weren't with him when i was shooting in the gym this is god saying this <laughs> how you gonna talk yeah? outside the club you can't even get in this is it this is what's what god is saying tell me what you've done let me read your receipts I'm going to read you my receipts and then we're going to see who's better. Okay. So Isaiah 40, I'm telling you, the Bible is so legit. Uh, who has measured the waters in the hollow of his hand or with the breath of his, of his hand marked off the heavens? Who's measured? Who has held the dust of the earth in a basket or weighed the mountains on the scales and the hills in a balance? This is all things that God has done when he created. This is the God, the creator of heaven and earth, right? Who can fathom the spirit of the Lord or instruct the Lord as his counselor? Who can tell God who helped God make the earth? If it was your father that made that helped him to make the earth, then fine, scientist, yeah? If you, Einstein, whoever it is, whoever it is that are disproving the existence of God, all you philosophers, all you people, all you naysayers, all you woke, fake woke people, if it's your forefathers that helped God to create the world or that created the world, then it's fine, okay? Um, if you were eyewitnesses of these atoms you know, coming together, if you, saw if you were eyewitnesses, if there was somebody who was there documented how the atoms came together, right? Then fine, we understand. But until then, please shut up. I'm going to keep reading. Who, verse 14, whom did the Lord consult to enlighten him? Who helped him? And who taught him the right way? Who was it that taught God knowledge? Who was it that taught him knowledge or showed him the path of understanding? Surely the nations are like a drop in a bucket to God. They are regarded as dust on the scales in comparison, right? He weighs the islands as though they were fine dust, mountains, islands, continents. He, he looks at it like dust. Think about what, how small dust is and think about how big a continent is and God is saying this big massive continent that you guys were still trying to figure out if the world was round or straight right or square or flat right you're trying to is it flat is it round is, is it, it oblong is, is it, it triangle is it, what is it like if you keep going east will is you it fall off he's saying this very continent that it took you guys this world that it took you guys so long to figure out if it was round or flat is like dust to him dust 
Do you know how rude that is? Just, no. It's like dust to him. Okay, verse 18. With whom then will you compare God? To what image will you liken him? Do you not know? Have you not heard? Has it not been told to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits enthroned above the circle of the earth and its people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and he spreads them out like a tent to live in. Come on, put some respect on God's name. He exists. He says he is sitting above the circle of the earth and looking down at us like grasshoppers. Okay. Continents are like dust in comparison to God. God cannot be affected by things we quantify, which is why we cannot evidence him. Okay, you cannot prove, you could, there was no evidence, um, there was no scientific explanation and science can't rule out God because God in himself created science. The, how to measure things, how to measure the earth, how to measure the depth of the sea, how to measure the density of mountains. This is stuff that God said, he goes, the Bible just said that he weighed it like scales. He he held the mountains in his hand, was like, okay, this one is <laughs> yeah. just like, okay, yeah, uh, you know, let me just trim off a little bit on this side. Yeah. You know what I mean? This is when God created the world. Yeah. He is above everything, right? He created everything. God cannot be affected by things we quantify. And that is the premise of him being God. Think about it. And in science, this is the thing that science actually disproves itself. There's a theory in science called continuum. We also have the exact same thing in um, in religious thought and religious teaching um, called the continuum. And the continuum in science is time, space, and matter right um so the continuum is time space and matter god is outside of time space and matter yet he created time space and matter because you would have to be to be outside to be be outside of it exactly in order to create it you have to be outside of it you have to be bigger than it but yet still people struggle with this Mm -hmm. and i we don't understand i don't understand i I genuinely don't get it and let's explain how god created time space and matter and is outside of time space and matter and why he cannot be measured or quantified by time so the question of when did when was god created is a time question so you can't Mm -hmm. ask that question Mm -hmm. um how big is god what is he able to do um where where is he is a space question Mm -hmm. so you can't ask that and and uh all the other things about his personal character and okay did he did this did he do that is he great is he not is he omnipotent is he omniscient is a matter question and he's not bound by matter. So you can't ask that question either. Um, and let's look at the Bible as to find out why and how we know that God is outside of time, space and matter, yet he created time, space and matter. In the beginning, time. The beginning. Right? In the beginning, time. God created the heavens, space and the earth, matter. Mm-hmm. Like, boom. <laughs> Drops like. Yeah. One verse. <laughs> Just One right. verse. In the beginning, time god okay god created the heavens space right and the earth matter this is it right god created the trinity of trinities okay time is past present and future god says there is a minute is like your day to you is like how many to god what's the verse a thousand a thousand right um space is length width well, and a thousand height years is like a day to god a thousand years is like a day to god um space is length width and height so trinities or trinities so p- time is past present and future um and god exists before now and forever um space is length width and height and god is not measurable okay um and his love also is not measurable it says your love my love is from beginning to 
to eternity. There's no end, there's no beginning, right? And matter is solid, liquid and gas. And God is both Father, Son and the Holy Spirit. All right? There is nothing, there is no, there is nothing that you can quantify and and restrict him to okay god who created this has to be outside of this because if he is limited by these things he's not god and so your concept of god has to originally be be correct in order for you to say okay i'm talking about a god and we want to know okay where did god come from you're not talking about god you're talking about something else because if you're thinking about god and talking about god you can't ask that question Mm -hmm. and that's what we're trying to say is that science can't disprove god because you have to first of all understand what the concept of god is and once you deep god once you understand god therefore you can't ask the stupid question when was he created because then you don't know what you're talking about yeah you can't say you can't ask any other question. You can't disprove his existence because that would be to not fully understand what God is. Exactly. That he you know exists like? outside like, of it. It's like, um, think of a color that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You yeah, can't, yeah, yeah, right? You can't, yeah, yeah. Or like, um, what's the other one? Oh, there's another one that's really good. Think of a color that can't, that doesn't exist. And what's the fourth dimension? Ah. So some people will say it's, time which it isn't time is not a spatial dimension but if you try and picture the fourth spatial dimension you can't really it's hard to picture unless they give you all these complicated um diagrams and you go to the fifth and sixth and seventh dimensions you can't think of spatial dimensions like that because our brains can't really comprehend it yeah. and we can only show them in 3d yeah but that doesn't mean that they don't exist yeah but yeah just questions that you can't you literally cannot answer yeah you know so just don't ask them and move on yeah because as humans we will never be all knowing yeah we have to realize that by now yeah it's impossible and the one thing that i hate about science i love science by the way so yeah. you know don't don't get me wrong i'm a really big fan of science i love looking into science when you're talking about science it's it's i don't know it it constantly disproves itself as well as in like you're saying like as in like literally the theories that people come up with they 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 disprove them and say like or even when you're learning science like when you're in primary school they teach you like a oh um this is this and then they say actually no we lied it's this and then when you get to secondary school they're like no we lied it's this and then when you get to university like no we lied it's this and as someone who studied science for um you know 20 years of my life it's it's evident to me that science doesn't it's not all it's cracked up to be it doesn't have all the answers and the scientists know that it doesn't have all the answers but it's only yeah they themselves know but it's only us who don't understand science that much who think that science is god science is not god science is what we humans with our small brains can make of the world around us and sometimes it changes sometimes we think that it's one way and it's the other way and that's fine like it's great we explore Mm we don't know everything and we never will yeah. let's go over it indeed <laughs> indeed indeed question number two does the bible warn against or disprove of technological advances so given the fact that we've refuted science right um does the does the bible um warn against or disprove of technological advances auntie for me i, I think the, the bible doesn't specifically or in my opinion specifically speak about technology at all but it's because it doesn't need to because the the bible is talking about spiritual things mm-hmm. it's talking about moral mm-hmm. things and mm-hmm. ethical things it's not talking about physical things mm-hmm. a lot of the time mm-hmm. so when um so for example um like my biggest example on this would be first samuel fifteen twenty three, where it says for rebellion is a sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry because you have reje- rejected the word of god so anything that you do if mm-hmm. it is stubborn and um rebellious 
then it's bad. Mm. And if it's not, then it's fine. Absolutely. Do you know what I mean? So it's one of those things where God didn't have to say, okay, don't clone that sheep. Yeah. He just says, don't do things that are stubborn and rebellious. Yeah. And then you'll be fine. Yeah. So any, if we can look at it from that, I don't think there's anything wrong with technology, but when it becomes stubborn and rebellious, yes. when it becomes something that takes over our lives, something that we literally cannot live without, yes. it becomes dangerous. Yeah. When, when the tool begins to use you, there's an issue. Yes. You know what I mean? I think Kanye West has been speaking about this lately. Like, don't let your phone use you. You use your phone. Put your phone down. Like, you don't have to check your phone first thing in the morning. Da, da, da. When you become de- totally dependent on your phone to the point where we literally... I can't remember how I used to leave my house and turn up at the right, correct location <laughs> before I had my phone. Like, I don't know how that happened. Like, how did we actually navigate through space mm. without our phones mm-hmm. i don't know I, mm-hmm. I just don't know and it's dangerous for us to be this dependent on yeah. our phones when it's actually god who should be the one who's directing us when abraham left his home he didn't have iphone 7.5 to now come and do google maps to see oh where am i going google maps he just left uh, that's why it took them so so that's long, isn't it? So long. They should have used ways, isn't it? <laughs> like I don't understand. Like literally, Brilliant. Abraham just left and said, "God, take me wherever you want to take me," and that's where he went. Jacob yeah. did the same thing. Like you just have to sometimes let God lead. I'm not saying go around blindfolded and do 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 do. But what I'm saying is that sometimes if you're so dependent on your your phone and you're not dependent on God, there's a problem. Mm-hmm. If you're so dependent on your car, your car gives you worth and value, and you're not dependent on God, it's a it's an issue. So so. I don't think making technology is an issue. I don't think advancing technology is the issue. But it, I think the the problem is, why are we doing it? What is the purpose of it? Mm-hmm. Are we doing it for like selfish ambition? Or are we doing it to help people? Mm-hmm. Are we doing it because we want to test the limits of reality and mm-hmm. destroy the world? Or are mm-hmm. we doing it because um, it's needed and necessary? Mm-hmm. And I think that's where that's where the um, the line kind of gets drawn and the line is crossed. Um, there's two different types of science. There's explorative science and then there's like playing God science. And I think that when you're doing playing God science, you already know you're wrong. Yeah. And that's why there's like um, moral and ethical laws that I've put in place to stop people from playing God and, you know, um, just playing with people's lives just for fun, mm. even though they do do that still. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I mean? Like, for example, um, to, to try and cure... Um, diseases like syphilis and cancer and stuff they've experimented on people in Africa and people in poor countries just because they can because they don't they don't have any defence there's nothing they can do so they experiment on them when it works do they get the drugs they don't get any drugs mm. they they would have to pay hundreds of pounds for those drugs mm. whereas everybody else in the NHS gets it for free mm. do you know what I mean so mm. if you're if you're if you're going um, if your science is harming and not helping then yes, it's a problem. Mm. If the end goal of your science it c- could harm, even if it's not supposed to harm, but could harm, then we have to be weary. Yeah. But I don't think there's anything in the Bible that says that we can't use technology. <laughs> so for example, like the Amish where they don't want electricity or da 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 da. I don't think that's necessary. I think it's over the top. There's nothing wrong. Like, you know, what where where the where the Israelites started and where they finished in terms of where the Bible was written, you, you can't say that they had the same amount of technology from the beginning to the end. No, they must have made technological advances. It's impossible for them not to have yeah. in the thousands of years that the Bible was written over. Yeah. So I don't think there's a problem because God never said, okay, no, go back to doing things how you used to do them. Yeah. That was never spoken about. So I don't think there's a problem with technology. It just has yeah. to be used responsibly. Yeah, indeed. And I think that um, 
we have to acknowledge that technology is all around us and there are technological advancements even in the bible times you know there were things that abraham did that they didn't do in the times of jesus Mm -hmm. and and so you have to understand that it's not all anything that man has created is bad because we should all now just be you know still cooking our food in you know in cloven in you know charcoal grills outside you know what i mean like it's that's not the case there are technological advances in the bible i mean if you think about there's technology all around us yeah. you know um and you can't say if in order for you to say um technology is bad then you have to be very limiting and say what is good and what's not good and and there are things that we can absolutely say do you know what rest when we're going to talk about this in point number three is what crosses the line but technology is not morally neutral um technology is neither overwhelmingly good never nor inherently evil it's how you use it that counts so nanotechnology for example um is nanotechnology if you use it for bad you use it for bad if you use it for good you use it for good so technology in and of itself is not inherently good or inherently evil you know it Mm. doesn't it doesn't have moral compass it's technology it doesn't have you know it's not it's not Frankenstein and even Frankenstein when he was created was created to have a certain moral compass you know it's but it's the use it's the person who used and controlled Frankenstein so you have to think about it that way technology changes how we think and who we rely on and mm-hmm. when Fumi was saying it's about um the way that you are now forming and fashioning your mind and and do you rely on God or do you rely on technology? Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's so easy for us in this day and age to, oh my gosh, watch that scripture again. Before you'd be Holy Spirit, we have to wait on the Holy Spirit, reveal to me the scripture, you know, mm-hmm. or you'll be looking through every page of the Bible. Did I highlight it? Let me go to the things <laughs> I can highlight. I must have highlighted it. You know, now it's like, what's that scripture? Just quote, you know, type in a few phrases on Google yeah, and we get there. Yeah. You know, think about, the Bible says, lean not on your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him and he shall direct your path. So yeah. in the, in the, in, in other times we would have to rely on god a lot more for answers for direction for 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 guidance for oh my gosh god what do i do with this and now we just google everything so we have to think about the fact that technology has changed the way that we think and who we rely on Mm -hmm. and we have to be the masters of that it's not that technology is now going to tell us hey you're using me too much so stop (laughs) we have to think about who do i rely on the most um technology means that we've redefined community and god is very specific about community in the bible Mm -hmm. god is very very particular about family very particular about community organization very particular about how we are to interact and relate with one another and he is particular that because god is a relational god God is a God who touches. God is a God who hears. God is a God who listens. God is a God of intimacy. And so now that we begin to redefine community and community now is a lot more broader, it's going to be an issue for him because he wants us. And we talked about this in the mental health episode. Mm the fact that now we never we don't have enough face-to-face interaction you know and and we'll give a perfect example is i think we've mentioned this before if i ask for me via text if she's okay if the way that she has typed yes i don't like it oh i will gosh, facetime her guys. like i don't i don't care it's she will can, much, she'll roll her eyes she'll scream she'll shout she'll be like tina can you leave me alone <laughs> i just want to see in your Literally. face if you're okay i don't care if you typed yes in capital letters you pull it in bold you pull it in italics you put a full stop you put a heart you put a smiley face i don't care if i feel that the way you said yeah i'm cool it's not okay i will facetime you and i can literally say to tina oh my gosh tina i'm so good right now like everything is amazing and just like just so awesome she'll literally call me and say are you sure are you sure everything is okay are you sure (laughs) 
Let me see your face. Exactly. Let me look at your eye. I want to see your face. I want to see in your face. In fact, that's why technology is bad. We should even get rid of our smartphones <laughs> because it's not every day that Tina should be FaceTiming you. Really I isn't. want to see it. I want to see. Can myself. you see into my head? And this is the thing. This is the thing. Back in the days, if it was like a Mary and Elizabeth, I would have left my house and I would have gone to your village and I would have seen your face. She does I that now. Like, I don't know what she's talking about. She would do that <laughs> right now. I, I want to come and see. And God is very particular about that. You know what I mean? Very particular about community. Um, Technology means that we've redefined truth also. And this is where we now begin to have a problem. Um, we have to cite sources and verification and consensus theory. Everything now is kind of like, okay, if we can find the source of it, if we can verify it, if it can be proven, if it can be evidenced. And our only source of authority should be God. Mm-hmm. You know, that is our only source of authority. Now we have every other truth except the truth in, the, in Jesus Christ and truth in the gospel. But we have to realize that the Bible makes clear that he alone is a source of authority. Um, but in and of itself, technology is not bad. It's what we do with it yeah. um, and how we use it. And um, the Bible is very, very, very smart book. A very, very, very smart book. And it has um, hinted at certain things that we may now be able to deem as technological advances um, and things that we actually can't live without. So the anticipation of mass communication and telecommunications, and I'm going to try and breeze through this as quickly as I can. Um, I've got it up in another page. Um, so the illusion to, so the illusion to, illusion to mass communication, illusion to public transport, illusion the, um, to uh, social media and internet, um, microchips that we think that we talk about now, the mark of the beast and all of these sort of things. Yeah, I want to talk about that in part three. Yeah. Um, prediction of weapons of mass destruction. You know, the Bible makes allusions to certain things that are going to come. Think about it. If you read Daniel, Daniel prophesied, the book of Daniel basically prophesies every single thing. And if you look at um, the Old Testament books and all the prophets, there are huge predictions and huge prophecies of times and wars and all these kind of things and how the wars are going to be carried out. So the Bible makes certain predictions of certain things that we can now say, okay, this looks like it might be a technological advance. Um, briefly and quickly, without going into every single one of them, Job 38, so the anticipation of mass media and telecommunications, um, the book of Job is one of the oldest books in the Bible. Um, but Job 38, 35 says, Can't thou send lightnings that they may go and say unto thee, here we are. Okay. Revelations 11, 9 and 10 and Ecclesiastes 1, 9 and 10 and very other, very various other verses make reference to the fact that um, communication is going to be very much quicker. It's, there's a verse in the Bible and I'll find it later where it says that somebody will die and within three days everybody in the world will know and it's not impossible it's impossible for that to be because somebody has traveled by foot it makes reference to the fact that in times to come communication will be so much more quicker Mm -hmm. things that will things will travel um and if we talk about it in in relation to evangelism like jesus could only go to so many places but now we can evangelize through telecommunications through um social media through all sorts of things so the bible has made reference to the fact that in times to come you'll be able to do things in so much more an efficient in an efficient manner um secondly um allusion to public transport that's something that we don't even have to look at because it's like irrelevant neither here nor there um prophesied arrival of um internet i'm also going to skip through that if we think about the microchips we can do that in channel 
channel three in episode three episode three why can't i speak question three um let's look at the predictions of weapons of mass destruction Jeremiah 50 verse 9 says, For lo, I will raise and cause to come up against Babylon an assembly of great nations from the north country, and they shall set themselves in array against her. From thence shall they be taken. Their arrows shall be as of a mighty expert man. None of them shall return, um, none of them shall return in vain. Jeremiah 50 verse 9 says, It seems to be describing smart weapons, like cruise missiles, for example. Um, where it's saying that it it never ever it the target oh, what's the word I'm trying to say it's like it never misses its target is what I'm saying yes and that the arrows have intelligence and of and in themselves you know the fact that none of them shall return vain confirms that the weapons are carefully crafted mm-hmm. you know that in Zephaniah 1 verse 14 to 15 says the great day of the Lord is near it is near and hasteth greatly even the voice of the day of the Lord the mighty man shall cry there bitterly the, that day is a day of wrath a day of trouble a day of distress a day of wasteness a day of desolation a day of darkness and a day of gloominess a day of clouds and thickness and many bible scholars will say that this is kind of agree that this passage seems to be talking about the aftermath of like bombs or chemical warfare um or um you know pathogens or you know chemical warfare and bombs and and missiles that this is the effect that it's darkness it's destruction it's things that don't happen when they're just fighting on swords and spears you know and battling against each other it's like when god's just strike down fire and whatever it may be but now it's talking about it's another kind of destruction it's another kind of weaponry that's going to be used in warfare which alludes to you know weapons of mass destruction and as i said there's many different kinds of um technology and i put that in inverted commas um or advancements that the bible hints at and makes reference to that we can have we have to kind of pay attention to because god didn't god in his infinite wisdom knew what was going to happen and had to make sure that nobody would be like oh my gosh the world is outside of god's knowledge and outside of god's um and the world that we have now is outside of God's realm of influence. You know what I mean? That or the, the or Bible that he could so, never have yeah, imagined or the that Bible it would have so been like outdated. this. Yeah. And the fact that we have to think about God as the creator gave us the wisdom and mm-hmm. the knowledge to create these things. All kinds of technology, all kinds of mass communication that the Bible was making reference to, all kinds of weapons of mass, of mass destruction, all kinds of technological advancements. You know, back in the days it was camels and then now from camels and it's boats and God made boats and then you know all kinds of things yeah. all kinds of technological advancements yeah even that is a technological Ex- exactly yeah. you know everything god makes reference to and he wants you to know that nothing outdo nothing is out can outdo god yeah and he gave us the wisdom to create all things i think i finished yeah yeah I'm um, there's a really good book that i just want to mention it's called um what is it called it's called uh god's undertaker has science buried god and it's by john c lennox it's a fantastic book is it coming audiobook uh probably i think everything does nowadays um yeah i can see it on audiobook on amazon um yeah i I would really recommend if you're interested in science and you're a christian or you're not a christian and you're interested in reconciling some of these scientific questions with the notion of a god then i just really recommend it because it's brilliant 
and it's witty and it's funny and it's, yeah it's, it's just really great um and so it answers a lot of our questions and it puts a lot of a new school of thought yeah. in, your, in your head about what you're thinking about so the next question was where does science cross the line um from a faith perspective um at the beginning no, i'm joking <laughs> um i i believe that there are like I said, there's some things that are fine, mm-hmm. um, you know, things that are, you know, supposed to help you like med- medically mm-hmm. to make people um, well again, mm-hmm. things that are supposed to alleviate poverty, for example, mm-hmm. you know, so um, they've they've got this thing now like dehydrate, almost like, you know, the whole astronaut food, like dehydrated food that you can send packs of food to people in um, places and get clean water for people and stuff like that. Brilliant. Awesome. Great. God would love it. God loves it. <laughs> he does love it. He approves. Fantastic. <laughs> God has approved this message. But when it comes to things that are messing with life and death, messing with um like the fabric of what is God's responsibility mm. and not your responsibility, mm. then I start to have a problem. So I'm going to shake the table a bit here and I say stuff it. like, <laughs> and say stuff like reproductive stuff in general. Yeah. So even IVF, I know that a lot of Christians get IVF. It's not to say that you're wrong for getting IVF. But what I'm saying is that God is the one who opens and shuts wombs, mm. right? That's what we believe. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the Bible where people who couldn't have children had children because God wanted to have them to have children or because mm-hmm. they prayed to God mm-hmm. and asked them mm-hmm. for, um, ask him for a child, mm-hmm. you know? So we know that it is possible that even if you are physically unable to have a child, mm-hmm. you can have one mm-hmm. just through sheer miracle, just through God, mm-hmm. you know? Um, I also think that it's important to, to, to remember that adoption is a, is a, you know it's a viable option it's Mm. something that is needed because there are lots of orphan children there are lots of children who don't have good homes adoption and fostering is there for a reason when we put ivf in the mix then it means that all of those you know people who could be all those children who could be adopted can no longer be adopted because there are less parents looking for adopted children um IVF is also very expensive Mm. and we're putting all of this money into investigating all of these reproductive um solutions which really they're not necessary they're not crucial the same thing with um like plastic surgery for example like it's not crucial to being alive it just you know so we're putting all this money into research into reproductive solutions whereas we could be spending it on something else that is more helpful so i'm not saying that you know you shouldn't do ivf i'm personally not one of those christians who is like oh you know the egg and the semen are sacred and you shouldn't dispose of them because I don't know about you if you know this or not, but every month I dispose one of my, one of my eggs. <laughs> every month without fail. Sometimes twice a month. <laughs> That's to get real, real, real graphic, <laughs> you know. So like it can't be that sacred if it literally falls out of my body <laughs> once every 28 days. <laughs> it can't be that amazing. And then also the semen. Sometimes men wake up having ejaculated in their blankets, <laughs> like not through sex or anything, just because. <laughs> so we can't say that oh semen is sacred and we shouldn't dispose of stop saying that mm-hmm. it's not in the bible it's not mm-hmm. biblical the bible literally talks about people throwing away their seed and casting their seed on the ground let's not put don't put words in god's mouth mm-hmm. he, he i don't think he's very much like okay if if um if we didn't give it a chance then you're going to hell and mm-hmm. da, 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 da. Like, I, don't, I don't think that's true um but when when it comes to if you literally can't have a child and you've prayed and you've prayed and prayed and god is still not giving you a child maybe just adopt that's what i'm saying but whatever because it's a lot of money as well for so you, wouldn't, so you would say you would advise against ivf um 
if you don't have the money for it, I would. Yeah. Because there are people who are literally bankrupting themselves yeah. for IVF, mm-hmm. which I, I can't imagine doesn't have a hard toll on your marriage or if you're if you're and married your body, at the time. The and your body, point. yeah, exactly. When you could just adopt. And I get it. You want to have your own children with your own DNA, but why? Like, mm-hmm. do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I, d- I just don't... I don't know if it's necessary mm-hmm. to to carry on your line in that way, and da, 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 da. Mm-hmm. especially when we're all like I'm um, very modern nowadays, and oh, it doesn't matter like if you're black or white or you're mm-hmm. pink or blue. Mm-hmm. Well, so then why does it matter if your children have your DNA? Like because mm-hmm. there's lots of people who are, who are step parents, for example, mm-hmm. and uh, are they not as as much parents as mm-hmm. yeah? Mm-hmm. So for me, it's just a bit of a gray area. Um, and then there's there's a new this is where it crosses the line though um, with reproductive technology where they're now inventing third per, uh, three people three person children uh, so it has the the DNA of three people because obviously children are supposed to have two people's DNA to accommodate homosexual couples that is where it draws the line no, that's where I say listen if you didn't want to do surrogacy you weren't about doing the whole uh, IVF thing you wanted to now come and invent a baby I was that was just completely exhausted. not even natural. They're looking into it. Oh, so it hasn't started. Oh, I don't know oh. if it started it actually. Okay, but they're, 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 that's a research area which I feel like shouldn't even even started. No. What is the point? Your DNA does not need to be in your baby, especially not at the baby's risk, because you don't know that when they become 40 years old, they're now going to have some horrendous disease, you know, like literally it's just terrible. So, okay, moving on to cloning. Is cloning necessary? So I think I probably got maybe a unpopular opinion, but because I'm more a bit more scientifically clued up, even though I can't pronounce the word scientifically, Mm -hmm. but um, like cloning organs... I don't see a problem with it mm-hmm. because, you know, if you need a liver transplant, I personally don't want to have to give you my liver. Mm-hmm. So it would be nice if we could just grow one mm-hmm. and you get that liver. That's cool for me. When it comes to cloning actual whole organisms, mm-hmm. then I have an issue because it's like, why are you trying to invent life? Mm-hmm. Just leave it, mm-hmm. leave it alone. Because now it's going to get, we're, we're, what the problem I think is, is that we're creating um, circumstances and scenarios that we don't have the moral, ethical, rational fortitude to be able to solve. Do you know what I mean? We're not able to deal with them properly, but we're creating all of these circumstances. Like, for example, would a clone then have the same rights as a normal person or, um, we, or would they be a lesser subset of human? That's unethical. But then can I murder someone and just make a clone of them and then replace them with their clone and just say they've been in a horrible accident and then not and then I get off of it because you can't find the body and but do you know what I mean there's just there's just so many things I don't think that we want to think about because we're too happy with our chemistry sets experimenting and but we don't think about all these um ethical and moral questions that things pose so when it comes to robotics and machine learning and AI it's all great we're going to be able to do great things with it but then if the robot apocalypse does come, which I really, really do believe in. Sorry, I don't care if that's unpopular. I really believe that if we create AI, they will kill us five minutes after we do it. Once we reach the singularity, once you reach the point where they can literally think for themselves morally and ethically, they will realise how trash we are and kill us all. That is, I mean, it's a given. We, we've seen all the films. It's going to happen. If it happens, it will happen, if you know what I mean. So, yeah, with with AI and stuff, it then presents the question again. If you're creating AI, if you're creating artificial intelligence that can think for itself, has its own um, mind and thoughts and consciousness, if you're giving a machine consciousness, 
is it a citizen does it have rights it's it's unfair if it doesn't have rights what makes it different from you and me but then at the same time it's very much smarter than you so if you give it rights then it's going to be able to have an advantage over you and once machines start creating machines that can also think for themselves then it's just crazy like do you know what i mean so why get to that point there's like virtual reality and just all the stuff microchips again we were going to talk about that just uh, the microchips i think that people are getting a bit ahead of themselves you know in sweden they now have microchips to enter buildings and they're saying like oh that's the mark of the beast i want to really be clear that that is not the mark of the beast Mm -hmm. because the mark of the beast is something that stops you from buying and selling Mm -hmm. it maybe it will lead on to the mark of the beast Mm -hmm. but currently isn't so stop telling people that they're now belong to satan because they have a microchip that lets them open the door at work that is not what it is Mm -hmm. The, the mark of the beast is something that you have to knowingly take and you have to knowingly accept knowing that you are now being sold onto the devil kind of thing not something that you just take to get into work in the morning stop telling people that they are born of satan now because of microchips it's it's not right it's not biblical um but yeah it just depends it depends what it is and it depends what it's used for yeah yeah but okay so for me it's looking into scripture second corinthians chapter 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 5 says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. And um, that is where, for me, technology crosses the line. If it exalts itself above the knowledge of Christ, if it makes it the knowledge of God, um, if it brings into captivity man instead of bringing everything into captivity of it bringing man into the captivity of God then we have an issue mm-hmm. okay if it crosses if it now becomes if it now acts like God that's the that's where technology has crossed the line and technology playing God is the issue you know technology playing God is the issue and one of the things that I think technology we have to that turn on that one technology that i do think has crossed the line and which we have said is the weaponizing of, of technology yeah. so weaponizing of nanotechnology of or pathogens you know chemical warfare um using technology to kill that's crossing the line artificial superintelligence as you've said ai that's crossed the line even stephen hawking himself declared in 2014 in 2014 that artificial artificial intelligence could be our worst mistake in history Literally. this is stephen hawking's and this is what he said um also it's just questions i think that we have to ask ourselves of our technology as christians as we're navigating through this um technologically advanced world and the questions that we have to ask ourselves are a few why was this technology created what's the purpose of it you know and given we ask we ask ourselves why was this particular technology created gives us useful insight into the effects of that technology okay um what is the problem to which you were the solution and whose problem is it Mm. so creating technology that kills somebody that's not my that's not that's not for me Mm -hmm. you know i mean why what is the problem in which you was created for what solution uh, what problem are you the solution for mm-hmm. in technologically advanced chemical warfare or whether it's weapons or whether it's artificial intelligence are we trying to now the, the mind is my problem so i'm going to create something that's better than the mind mm-hmm. artificial intelligence um and whose problem is it because we have to realize the rulers of this world the rulers yeah. of this age you know we, rep- we wrestle not against flesh and blood but against principalities and powers um what new problem will this technology create? So as you've said, the the artificial intelligence, robots killing humans or, um, you know, certain technologically advances that for reproductive purposes, 
Is it creating a problem of new diseases? Is it creating a problem of designer babies and morally ethical, morally unethical children? You know, I want babies, I want my baby to have blue eye and blonde hairs. I want my baby to be six foot tall and I want it to have really good genes for running because I want it to be the next um, Usain Bolt. That's something I think we also have to think about is what new problems are these technologies creating? And lastly, what are these technologies doing to our heart? And I think that's the biggest one that we have to ask ourselves. What technology, what is this technology doing to our heart? And if we can identify these, if we can figure out what these answers are, I think as Christians, we'll be able to navigate through this world a lot more easier and a lot more appropriately. We will definitely know this is good and this is not good. What's it doing to my heart? What's it doing to my moral compass? And does it point me towards Christ or not? Does it help me? Does it advance me? Does it create more problems? And I think that's pretty much it when it comes to technology. Nothing should exalt itself above the knowledge of God. Nothing at all. Right? What's our hashtag scripture for today? We don't know one. Let's let me look. Okay, I think we should do this. Second Corinthians ten four. Yeah. yeah, for the weapons of our warfare, not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments and every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. We have to realise that nothing, science isn't bigger than God, isn't smarter than God. There is no knowledge created that is better or more advanced than the creator. So definitely everything has to fall in line and respect God. And we love that. The Bible already says that every knee must bow, every tongue must confess that Jesus Christ is Lord everything science scientists all of it will fall down because nothing should exalt itself above god use technology but don't let technology use you and be careful what technology you use because if it tries to play god we have a problem should we pray yeah mighty god we give you praise we give you glory we thank you lord that you've given us this amazing mind that can be so creative and can solve the problems of the world, the legitimate problems that the world faces. And we pray that you continue to give us wisdom to know how to use this intellect that you have given us so that it may not exalt itself above you, so that it may not take your place, um, and so that we will not rely on it more than we rely on you and never and not seek you anymore, Lord. Keep us grounded in you and keep our eyes upon you so that we will know how to navigate these situations mm. ethically, morally, um, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Father God, I just want to thank you for making us like you. Thank you for making us creators. Thank you for giving us wisdom, knowledge and understanding. Thank you, Lord of God, that we are supernatural beings, Lord, that we have your super, that you've added your super to our natural. So we thank you for that. We thank you for the ability to create things that are, can help us in life, you know, certain medication, um, operations, and machines that help us to check all kinds of things, Father God. But we have to realise that you, O oh Lord, are still greater than anything that can be created. Father God, there is no surgeon, there is no um, surgical equipment, there is no technology that can outsmart or outthink you. Father God, that can outpower you, that can outgod you. You are God and God alone. And I keep saying that because, Father God, I really wish people to realise that you don't need help to be God, that you are God in the beginning, that you are God today and you will be God forever. Father God, help us to navigate, as um, for me said, help us to navigate and know what is right and what is wrong 
wrong and help us to realize that there are certain things that we should stay away from that are causing us harm and not good and father god help us to be wise and start praying against things that the enemy is creating for our destruction lord we thank you father god that we'll be able to revisit this topic later uh, at another time and just help people to realize that in this world that we not to wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities and powers, but that our weapons are not carnal and that we shall cast down anything that exalts itself above you and above your knowledge. We thank you for your great grace. We thank you for your great power. We thank you for your great mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Where can they find us, Auntie Forms? Amen. You can find us on Twitter, Instagram, SoundCloud, and um, iTunes. Hashtag Scripture and Twitter. It's HT Scripture. We love you with the love of the Lord. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Bye, guys. Bye.